All right, here we go. Season two of Game Day Winnipeg here on Bonfire Sports. The man is back to my virtual left, Chris Walby. How are you, Bluto? What's going on? You know what? It's great to be back and, uh, you know, all the stuff going on with the CFL and that's, you know, the league and the players. And it's just good to be back talking football. It really is. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are watching hockey right now with the playoffs and, you know, the Calgary at Edmonton uh, game. It's just going to be a great one. Fun. Uh, fun. But then again, you got to look at uh, what, what we're doing now. And it looks like. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, Darren. I know I do sometimes, but it looks like the uh, league or the players will be actually voting on a new proposal in the next 30 minutes or so. So we'll find out. We do know one thing, I guess, eh, Darren, and that is they raised the amount of ratification money to the players from $1 million to $1.25. That's the only thing we know right now. So seeing reports just moments ago that a tentative agreement has been reached yep. so this is good news because it's game day winnipeg you haven't said anything about my t-shirt chris i'm a little bit heartbroken well i'm, I'm a little gonna... heartbroken that you told me that's the biggest size they make i'm gonna sew two together and get you one okay well i'm a little yeah i you know i'll take it at this point in my life you know the disappointment <laughs> is etched all over my face for not being a, <laughs> i'm wearing a mike kelly widener football shirt when he used to coach in widener and I I saw your shirt and I was like, dang, that looks good. And well, you, you got the right heart. You got the right. Sorry, you're buddy. not you're, you're not wearing your you're, extra large. You're not wearing the hottest item apparel item in town right now, and that's your bonfire sports hat. I'm a little heartbroken to see that. At least but, that fits. I got a pinhead, so that fits my head. Mm, At least yeah. I can wear that. Well, we we digress. You know, maybe we'll get some apparel for sale on bonfiresports.ca. There you go, buddy. Uh, soon, but uh, Farhan Lalji, uh, just a few minutes ago, Chris saying, here's the collective bargaining agreement ratio adjustments, a rolling ratio. So those nationalized Americans, a lot of gray area there, but we'll figure yeah. it out. Those nationalized Americans can play up to 49% of snaps. Two in 2023, and the CFL has the right to move it to three in the 2024 season if they believe it's working. Uh, two teams with the most number of Canadian snaps in any given season will be given an extra second round draft pick. Oh. So there's the incentive for teams to play their Canadians. That's been the whole thing. I talked about this with Hustler uh, on Winnipeg Sports yeah. Talk today, Chris. Um, GMs and coaches are asking for more ratio flexibility. And if it's a hard ratio of seven Canadian starters and you lose an O-lineman or you lose a tailback or you lose a, a linebacker or a safety or whoever it is, yeah. uh, your, your Canadian star, you got to replace them with a Canadian or get a Canadian in at another spot. That yeah. is challenging, uh, but it does force teams to develop their Canadian talent. Like, that's and, exactly it, DB. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. This has been good. This is a hundred. The oldest league in the world is, you know, CFL, hundred, hundred plus years. And now you're doing, I guess, I guess it from what I'm understanding here, there'll be the 49 or nationalized Canadian, which means you've you know, you've played three years with the same team or five years in the CFL, which I don't like at all. I like the fact that you should have just in front of the same team because you're trying to continue, you know, you're trying to get continuity, uh, player identification with the fans. And there's yep. too much movement right now. But I, I'm still saying this. Now, that it looks like it's only going to be taking effect in, if I'm wrong, 2023 will be the first year that right. they allow two. And that's on top of the one naturalized uh, American who will be considered Canadian. Now, how many Canadians? Because I know the league wanted to go six with a national. The players wanted seven. They wanted to keep it seven and a national. We don't know if it's gone backwards. I'm, I'm blown away that this 49 percent thing 
I said this, uh, in, in, you know, in, I just, well, I was all upset because I said, how are you going to keep track of this? There's, there's so, yeah. so many games you can play with this right now. Right. You know, I'm going to put Darren bombing in and who's going to track 49%. Well, that's the thing. You, like, I think you tweeted they got to hire a, a you a know, a, a staff of accountants, yeah, to to watch it. I all. don't understand. And then here's the thing: like, if it, if it's the Grey Cup, Chris, and a team just like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to break the rules and I'm going to play more Americans yeah. than than I'm allowed. Perfect. What are you going to do? Are you going to take away their first round pick? Any team would trade their first round pick next year for a Grey Cup. Any team. Well, yeah, you know what, DB? I remember the years back, guys were going over the salary cap because they said, yeah, we'll get fined and maybe potentially lose a draft pick the following year. But having said that, if you're winning, they'll take the penalty. If you're winning, we'll, you know, we'll do the crime. We'll do the time. They don't yeah. care. I, I don't know how they're going to do this. I'm I'm actually well, – now, we don't know if it's been agreed upon. Remember, this is, this is what they're suggesting. We don't know if the players have agreed to this. And I know a lot of the players were very upset with this 49% because it's the start of a rolling ball. You start taking two more. Now you can 223. You're going to have three potential national players that are American, you know, and you know what, that just, it's going to somehow affect, you know, it's going to impact the amount of Canadians and the amount of quality Canadians you have playing. And I, I'm, I'm just totally against it. I don't know if the players are going to vote for this. I thought this was one of the sticking uh, points before. So I'm very surprised that they brought it back up. You, we we got to remember, like Andrew Harris would not be playing in the CFL today if it wasn't for the ratio, if it wasn't for junior football and territorial uh, exemptions, territorial um, uh, rights going to the BC Lions when he was playing for the yeah. West Shore Rebels, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, uh, in, in Canadian junior football. Uh, shout out to the four Winnipeg Rifles dressing in the game tomorrow. Um, them. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, look, looking forward to, to watching them play. Um, but, uh, and check out my Twitter for their names um, and, and uh, numbers so you can uh, follow them on the field as well. Um, but Chris, I, I do want to mention, we got the live chat going. It's this way, I think. Yeah, uh, So cool. shout out to uh, everybody. Uh, our good friend, Nick Kowalski, who crushed it at the Grey Cup for Bonfire Sports. Chris, I know you and him uh, became quick friends and, and chatted up a lot. Got Milt, Donnie Boy uh, says go blue. Uh, Kitty Pup 1000 is glad to see us back. Uh, so you can hit up the live chat throughout the show. And you can also text the hotline. So that number's above. I'm going to throw it up here uh, as well. Uh, 204-816-TIPS, 204-816-8477. You got a tip, you got a question, you got a comment, you can text, oh, and I'll see the text. You can leave a voicemail. If it's good and you bring the heat and leave your name, then I will play it on the post-game show. Very We've good. got game day after dark coming up uh, Friday after the game. We're going to let the, the home broadcast and everybody do their post-game show. I'm going to do my best to, to race home after talking to Mike O'Shea and the guys in the locker room and that sort of thing. And we'll get uh, game day after dark going uh, with your questions uh, and comments. But I'm going to be checking my phone throughout the show, uh, so text it up right now. Standard rate supply, like it says right there. Like when you text your mama. So if you got to pay to text, you're going to have to pay to text this number. But, um, you know, if you got a texting plan, you, you should be fine. It's not going to cost you anything extra. Uh, Chris, wh what are you most curious about? Like now, now that we can maybe move on from the CBA talk and no doubt those reports, like follow Jeff Hamilton and John Hodge and uh, yeah. Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji and, and Dan Barnes of the Canadian Press. Follow all those great reporters. They've got uh, all the details as they emerge over the next few hours here. 
What are you most curious about, Chris, when it when it comes to the Blue Bombers roster makeup? Who hopes to make an impression in these preseason games? All of it, uh, you know, as the Blue Bombers look for back-to-back-to-back, a three-peat Grey Cup. Well, I think the biggest thing, and you hit on the head, if they do agree to this, and there is a game tomorrow, the nicest thing is the rookies get an opportunity to shine. I mean, preseason, even though there's only two games, a lot of these first-year guys or guys that are with the first year with this team will get an opportunity to try and play. Because remember this now. You're not, uh, you know, you're not going live with the lights, uh, you know, in practice. I know one of the sticking points, and I, again, I've got to go back to this, you know, the CFLPA again. They didn't really want one padded practice a week. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. We never had anything but padded practice. But that's right. just the mentality it was back then. I understand they're saying that 33% less injuries now, but they get so much time off now. I can't see it. I mean, I'm just blown away. Vet well, let, let, we let, never let's heard talk- about these things before. Yeah, and, and there's a standard there, practice. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Chris. Uh, Go ahead, ma'am. Th- there's a lot of guys taking their vet days. You know, like Adam Bighill had to leave walk through early today. Of course, he's on the CFL PA bargaining committee and a VP with their executive. That's a little bit different. But you know, guys taking three, four, five days. Greg Ellingson has not practiced the last four days. He was on the field for walk through, but of course, walk through is just walking. So uh, we don't know how f- he is physically. Of course, Mike O'Shea. Cards close to the vest, as always. He's it, it is a good inclination, though, when he says it's more preventative than anything and, and expects yeah. him to be back soon. But none of these guys need to play in this first preseason game. It's a chance for some of those young guys to make an impression. Zach Kolaris, not expected to play on Friday night. That stinks for the home fans. But again, you know, you, you want him healthy and good to go when the games really matter. And, and that's June 10th with... Um, uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, Paul Apolis and our old friends, Darvin well, Adams. Nice thing. Of course, they never played yep. him last year, so that's nice. And then, of course, you know, you mentioned the May 31st, the rescheduled game against Saskatchewan, the arch rivals, yeah. the Prairie Province. That'll be televised by TSN, which is nice to see. Are you sure? I didn't I think thought, it was. I, I thought they said that game was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm pretty sure because I'm usually right. I'll hold um, you to that. Okay. That, that was going to be televised. One of the four games that was potentially televised. And I, again, because it's they have such high viewership on the Prairie Provinces right now. So, but That's it's true. interesting. I want to go back to one thing here. And I, I know we're beating this horse, but this is the main thing. Derek Taylor, the voice, I believe, of the Bombers now, I believe, is he, is, he just said the same thing. He's put a little tweet out there going, if the issue before was the 49%, how are the players actually going to accept the 49% now? Right. Why would they accept? Are you going to tell me they're only going to accept it well, because they've got more money and ratification? And they have that, the opportunity to expand it in 2024. That that is a good point. Is I nice I point. I wonder I though, Chris. It, like it, it got voted down, but we also know Simone Lawrence put out a tweet that yes. night saying 30% of guys didn't vote. We asked Adam Big Hill. You know, he said, you know, like because because other people had heard 35%. Like a third right. of the guys didn't vote. This is their livelihood. That's surprising. I wonder if there was sentiment there, Chris. That, you know, it's like, oh, you know what? They recommend it. It's probably going to go through. We're fine. Guys focused on, you know, uh, resting and, and getting ready, like getting battling through their camp legs, especially some of those younger guys that are trying to secure their job and that wow. sort of thing. So Adam Big Hill was asked, you know, is it 30, 35%? He said, yeah, right around in there. If they don't get 80 to 90% at least voting on this tonight, uh, there's a bigger problem at hand here. And with that bigger vote turnout, I expect maybe a lot more Americans to vote, Chris, and for those players to maybe say, I'm okay with that. So 
we, we got to remember more than half the league is American. It is the Canadian football league. It yes. is, you know, Brian Ramsey's the executive director of the PA Adam Big Hill's on that. Uh, Adam Big Hill, of course, is a Canadian resident, but is an American. Solomon L. Mimian, yeah. the president of the PA, he's an American. So both sides are, um, you know, uh, they need to be represented by that players association. And, and so you, that is an excellent point, uh, Darren. The fact is there's so much American uh, voting power. They, uh, you know, they outnumber yeah. the Canadians. I mean, the fact is the Nationals and, the, and these imports, they can actually vote for it all. I know that the first year guys don't get a vote. Any rookies don't get a vote. You have to be on that club before to vote, but still it's in their best interest as an American player to vote for this rule. Your odds of playing now have greatly jumped up. Yeah. Adam Big Hill could be considered a national. Willie Jefferson could be considered a national. There's Jackson a lot Jeff of guys. Those three guys in two years could all be nationals. Yep. You know what I mean? And so there's yep. three guys, but I still want to see, are they adding two rather than subtracting from the nationals that have to start? That's what I want to find out because that, if that's you're adding question. two, okay, I can see maybe players will say, okay, but if you're taking away three spots, I can't see it working. I can't see uh, the players uh, accepting that at all. So I want to go back to the other uh, sticking point when it came to this collective bargaining agreement, Chris, and, and that was the padded practices. The players yeah. wanted more long-term care. I Good talked point. to Greg Ellingson. You, you can hear my interview with Greg Ellingson or watch it as well uh, on bonfiresports.ca and, and the YouTube channel. Um, he brought up Jonathan Hefney. Now, if they take care of guys for three years, that's one thing. But if you need continued surgeries or continued rehabilitation or continued therapy, physical therapy, whatever type of therapy, um, you know, the players wanted to ensure those guys are protected uh, much more than they already were. So they're like, if you want 12 padded practices through the year, you have to extend that health care. I want to ask you this, though, Chris. You are an O-lineman. Everybody who I've talked to about this says the padded practices are to the benefit of the offense and defensive linemen, those guys in the trenches, they're doing unpadded practices right now, Chris, and the helmets are still smacking. So oh, yeah. now they're going to yeah. wear, now they're going to wear shoulder pads and it's actually like the swim moves and the rip moves, the blocking, the grabbing the chest plate. Tell me about how important that is for the guys. I think you hit it on the head. I'm just going to repeat what you said, but I think as an own defensive line, you have to get that in right now because when you're doing padded practice and you're just kind of going through this, you know, the fancy steps making sure you got hands in the right spot, you're going through the motions, but guys are kind of get, making contact, like you say, with the helmet, and then they're basically stopping. You know, you're not going full go. So when you get in the game, sometimes if you get beat early, especially as an alignment, now you start, you, know, you got that doubt in your head. I want it to work on that in practice. How do I work on that in practice if I'm not in pads? Right. But that is an excellent point you brought up, though, about the fact that they say, you know what? Listen, if you want to have more padded practices, increase the long term of our health care. And Jonathan Hefney is an absolutely wonderful example. And, and you yeah. know, I mean, I feel so bad for the young man, uh, you know, obviously incarcerated because of a situation where he had to do what he had to do to get money to pay for his bills, medical bills. Yeah. They, I mean, that, that, go, that goes well beyond the CFL, right? Like that's an American healthcare yeah. issue. That's a social issue. That's well, obviously I know, I'm, not, not putting all on, I'm not putting it all yeah. on the healthcare and when, you know, in our, but I do know even as a player in the 16 years I played, a lot of guys who get hurt during the year, and yep. as long as they, you know, was before that cutoff deadline, they let them go. So you could be injured and gone. Yeah. And there's no pay. That's one thing I keep saying. I mean, I know they're talking about Edmonton when we're talking about, you know, the big receiver we lost, you know, Kenny Lawler, 300 grand, highest paid receiver. 
they're making a big zero point. guaranteed. No zero. guarantee. Exactly. I could sign a million dollar contract tomorrow. And I know that was one of the sticking points they wanted to have too, right? They wanted to have some sort of a, a partial guarantee salary. So even if they get injured or something, they've got somebody right. to lay back on. And I think that's, that's an interesting point for me. Yeah. So Kenny Lawler made more money signing with Edmonton. BC offered him some, you know, like in excess oh. of, Two and a half, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but with some guaranteed money. Yeah. Kenny Lager get cut after tomorrow's game, after Friday's game, and and, and that's that, right? Yep. He, he he won't collect a single dime. Um, but you know, I was told today by uh, Elks broadcaster Morley Scott that he's looked good in practice. Yep. Same thing we saw here in Winnipeg. He's got sticky hands. Uh, he's going to be a target for whomever their starting quarterback is. It's interesting to note though. Bombers top pick in the 2022 draft, Tyrell Ford playing defensive back. Well, he's going to have an opportunity if in the game early to face his brother. Trey Ford's going to get the start in Winnipeg on Friday night, Chris. That's, that's a, that's a tasty storyline, a Canadian dual threat quarterback. He's getting snap number one in his first season. You know what? Not to be, I'm I'm a proud Canuck. You're a proud Canuck. I'm loving to see these guys like Nathan Rourke in BC, you know, the Fords in, in Edmonton getting an opportunity to showcase their talents. That's another reason I think it's fantastic. You know, when you get guys like this that can get out there on a big stage, and I guess this kid was in camp early uh, in Edmonton, a quarterback, learning the place. And 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 uh, I know Coach Jones just he's, he gushes about this guy, the talent he has. He got a strong arm. He's got a good presence in the huddle. You know, you, you probably figure that Arbuckle will still be the starter, but you never know. You, you know, they maybe that Taylor Can- or Canelius again. You know, they just have so many things. It'll be interesting for me. I saw. Uh, I'm on the backup, yeah. I see somebody put up a backup for Kolaris. Yeah. And yeah. I Johnny Boy wants up. to know. He threw that ball deep into the bucket. Yeah. Pretty good accuracy on that, man. Yeah. Uh, and a nice looking ball, too. You know, nice well, tight. He's, and he's got experience. That's the thing. I think this is his I, this is his fifth year in the Canadian football league. He's played for a couple teams. He he understands the CFL game and 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 different offenses. I've been told by a lot of people that the well, the defensive system, especially in Winnipeg, yeah. is complicated it is not easy to pick up that's why new guys sign here in winnipeg they're not in right away they got to study uh but the offense under uh offensive coordinator buck pierce who shined like crazy like a like a beautiful star and it helps when you have the leading receiver and the best quarterback and a great offensive line and andrew harris and the rest but man what a first season as offensive coordinator in the cfl for buck pierce uh, Dakota Prukup, I think, has the inside track yep. over Drew Brown, who was, you know, a backup and and on the practice roster through 2021. Chris, um, that, you know, that to me is going to be the battle, Darren, for third string. I believe it'll be between uh, Mancuso and Brown. Right. We saw we saw Brown last year. Um, I'm not trying to say he's. I, I didn't get a huge look at him, but when he was in there, I didn't see anything that really excited me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm going to watch that battle uh, quite intensely to see who, if it's Brown or Mancuso, has to get that third string. Yeah, I, I think they really like Drew Brown. Like, it, like if, if they don't like you after a year, yeah, that's true. You're, pro- you're probably not hanging around, right? Like, well, I understand you know they like Sean. They like Sean McGuire, and he hung around for a couple seasons, right, including through uh, through think, the pandemic. I but. think head coach uh, Michael Shea is a guy that really lets a player develop, even if he struggles. And I'm thinking more specifically now when you look at the two kickers, right? You, you know, you Mortada and uh, Legio. I mean, both struggled, but. Uh, Evidently, from what you said and what I've read, uh, you know, uh, um, Mortada's kicking the ball extremely well. And, uh, you know, so, but there's a guy that in any other situation, bud, would be gone. Right. 
But Coach O'Shea believes in his players. He gives them an opportunity. It's not, you know, it's not like the league across the water there, across the border, where you know you miss a field goal, you're gone. Right. But it's also the NFL is nice when you can get a, a quarterback down there. I think he with the Cleveland Browns who signed forty five million dollar contract guaranteed. Right. I mean, what's in, to me? I'm I'm like man. Starting well, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> brewery man oh man yeah. you could probably buy you could buy budweiser after a few years in the league with, with no that. kidding but uh yeah i mean like look guys want to get to the league uh you'd never blame uh, a player for for wanting to get to the national football league and, and no. you know take care of their family long term but here in winnipeg chris there's going to be a lot of position battles quarterback of course during the preseason is the one we'll watch uh extremely closely very uh unlikely zach Kalaris will play Friday night, but uh, let's talk about some of the other position groups. Like you talk about kicker. Well, there's no real competition, right? They got Mortada on place kicking duties. He yeah. can absolutely crush it on kickoffs as well. I think they like that about him. Uh, yeah. Mark Leggio back for a second season. He's going to handle punting uh, as the Canadian running back is one area that gets a lot of bombers fans fired up, Chris. And I will paraphrase. Why doesn't Johnny Augustine get more work? Why isn't he running back one? His yards per carry average is over seven. What say you in this battle of young tailbacks in uh, Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine? I think Oliveira's just got, uh, he's, he's, he's coming to camp. He's in great shape. Uh, I mean, a lot of things I like about him is also his off, you know, off field of things, rescuing dogs and stuff. But I like Brady. Uh, Augustine's more of a Mike Pringle type running back to me. Hard runner, north, south punish you as he gets, you know, uh, where I think Oliveira is a little bit more shifty in the backfield. I think it's a great combination. I think they're very blessed to have two guys of this talent. And then, of course, I said this on Twitter one time, and some guy said, what about Borsa? Like, he wanted to make yes. sure I, hey, don't forget about this kid. This kid played pretty good, you Talented know, in the university man. ball. Yep. So yep. Uh, they've got uh, a plethora, you like that word there, of Canadian talent there at the running back position. Um yeah. I think it's going. I think it's going to be a running back by committee this year, and I think Kyle Borsa will be involved. But I think it's going to be a one-two punch, a one A, one B. Brady Oliveira might be atop my depth chart. You can grab that in the news section on BonfireSports.ca and, and download your depth chart. Uh, the Blue Bombers have put out their positional roster, but if you want a better picture of where guys fit in, uh, hit up BonfireSports.ca. Yeah, Oliveira might be RB one on the depth chart. But I don't see him getting a like it's not going to be an Andrew Harris Brady Oliveira combo. It's not going to be a Andrew Harris Johnny Augustine combo. It's going to be Thunder and Lightning or however you know you want to colorfully yeah. put it uh, with the Blue Bombers. I think there's going to be a lot of Johnny Augustine and a lot of Brady Oliveira. These guys are working after practice. They know the shoes they have to fill sure. in the absence Legend. of Andrew Harris. Yeah, Legend. like nobody, nobody, like similar to Bob Irving, nobody's ever going to fill those shoes. But these right. are good young talented individuals that that care and are putting in the work um you know to, to be the next for the opportunity yeah, the and next. then you figure in you throw in nick dembski who they put in the backfield a lot of times and yeah. they do a lot of slow sweeps and stuff like that uh quick pitches and shovel passes to him uh again another canadian that i thought just had an outstanding year last year and i think he's only going to get better and better as 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 he gets more experience in this league but the sky's the limit for that guy, the way he makes plays and, and breaks tackles. And, you know, we've seen so many games where he gets behind people and it just, you know, a big play and he takes it for all the way for a touchdown. So 
And then, of course, the guy you got to talk about, Mr. Consistent over there, doesn't get a lot of ink, Walatarski. Yep. You know, uh, he is really steady over there, makes big plays, doesn't get a lot of balls thrown in his direction. And then you got another guy that I think is, and especially with the hash marks. Remember, we moved our hash marks in now. So there's really no short side and wide side of the field. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing yes. there. And you got a guy by the name of, uh, you know, Greg Ellingson, who potentially an all-star every year. I think he's a thousand yard guy every year, every year, every year. And he, I think he led Edmonton last year in receiving and he was injured a little bit. Yeah. He only he played 10 he only, this week. Yeah. But he only he played game, 10 games. Oh, he's yeah. a game changer. That's that guy. And I know that, uh, uh, coach O'Shea has been raving about him and just what he brings. Not so worried that he hasn't practiced because he says he knows what he brings in the games. So, I mean, and then you look at that old line, uh, DB. I mean, Jeff Gray getting an opportunity. You, you got to replace Drew Desjardins, who signed with the New England yeah. Patriots in the offseason. And best of luck to him. Uh, great Canadian uh, it's gonna football story. going to be very story. interesting, though, DB. Yeah. New England drafted the guard first round. But you know how training camps go. Oh, I know. You can, you can win a battle. Injuries happen. You never know uh, how it'll shake out. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure his... You know, relatively speaking, his dollar value compared to a first-round draft pick is going to be a little bit more attractive. I don't think they're going to cut their first-round draft pick, but no, uh, having sure. him there uh, is interesting. So, look, we got Liam Dobson, who yeah, things did not work. Thing, things did not work out for him in the USFL. Uh, if you you missed that storyline, uh, he uh, had work visa issues because the USFL did not have a gross. Uh, revenue number of 10 million plus, he couldn't get a work visa to work for that company. You sign a contract in the USFL with the league, not with a team. So he was drafted, he signed, or he signed, then drafted by a team uh, and unable to play in that league. He wants to get to the NFL. He is a road grader type, Chris. I know you know that kind. Miles Gurrell comes to mind. Um, you know, big, nasty, low to the ground. Uh, you know, uh, an interesting player that I think Winnipeg is very fortunate to have this year to push Jeff Gray, who's been here for a number of years already, but hasn't been able to steal a starting spot. You mix in Chris Kolinkowski, yeah. a returning Canadian, Ben Kozwara. Um, you know, uh, maybe those guys will be backups to Michael Couture at center or Pat Newfeld, uh, who hasn't practiced a lot in training camp either. That battle is going to be won in these two preseason games, if you ask me. You know, in uh, this offensive line, I, I, you mentioned they lost Desjardins, uh to uh, New England. Um, but look at the core. Pat Newfield, Jamarcus Hardrack, who I said last year really was a very tight race for me as far as most outstanding linemen between him and Stanley Bryant. Stanley Bryant's just so consistent. Yeah. Game in, game out, he's just solid. Uh, I love the way Hardrick plays. He is the uh, energizer bunny out there. He's always running. I see that, uh, you know, Jeff Gray's picking up that habit too, being downfield all the time, staying with your blocks. Yeah. But I'm really curious to see this Dobson kid play because, mm -hmm. uh, as you say, a road grader type, a big body, 300 Big personality. Pounds. Big personality. He'd well, give he, you a I, run for his money. He's very confident. Let's not let's, – yeah. I mean, you got to be confident coming in here. Obviously, you look at that. I mean, and then you got Couture, who doesn't get all the respect, but he was a CFLPA all-star. Voted yep. on by the players, which yep. is one of the nicest awards because it's not done by media, but it's done by your fellow players that you play against, which means, uh, to me, that's even a higher recognition sometimes. But, Chris, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. Got 
so much talent on that offensive line. Well, you know, same old story with the offensive line. I expect them to be the tone setter in this offense as they always have been. Uh, quick question here from James. What happened with the new punter, Tom Hackett? Yeah. Aside, love his Twitter handle, Tom Can't Hackett. Love that. Uh, but yeah, Global Draft Pick was here for a little bit. And then when there was that labor uncertainty with the CBA, he went back home to be with his family. He's got some things going on down there. He has not written off coming back to the CFL. He is a two-time Ray Guy award winner as the top punter in the entire NCAA. That ain't nothing. That's two times he's won it, uh, and a handful of NFL uh, and, and a lot of professional kickers have won it in the past. Maybe in, down the road, we'll we'll see what happens uh, with Tom Hackett. Be sure to hit up the, the live chat, everybody, if you got questions for me. That was a great or, uh, great question by uh, James, who asked yep. what happened to the punter. And actually, I didn't know uh, where he had gone. I know that I saw his picture with the trophy, Ray Guy trophy. You know yep. that Ray Guy was the most prolific punter, the best punter probably in the history of the NFL. Yep. Uh, you, know, you know, I think he played for the Oakland Raiders back then. So He's no Bob Cameron, though. No Bob Cameron. No, Bob, listen, there's a couple of guys that are super. Bob Cameron is the best punter. I think Louis Pasaglia, probably a field goal kicker. I'll throw yep. Choi in there. Choi has played 19 years, too. Choi is very good, Choi Westwood. Yep. But, though, I mean, there's only there's a handful of guys that I think really deserve that kind of recognition. Bob, yep. obviously, for sure. Best yep. bad weather kicker I've ever seen. The way he can teach and drop a ball in the wind and still get the ball off, and they travel at some good distance. So Yeah, Justin yeah, Medlock, I would maybe put in there. Medlock, the master, and then, you know, Robo-Kicker. Medlock, yeah. Who, who was Robo-Kicker in Saskatchewan? Oh, my God, yes, yes, number 36. Come on, baby. Oh, it's... I was with him in Montreal. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I was with him in Montreal, <laughs> and uh, I was joking. We were at, uh, when I was with the Alouettes back in 81, and we were having lunch, and I joked. I said, hey, did you see the coach wants you to bring in your playbook? And he looks at me, and he goes, what? Ten minutes later, the coach – I was just kidding. Ten minutes later, the coach goes, coach wants to see you bring your playbook. Dave Ridgway. Dave Ridgway. Dave Ridgway. There you go, yep. buddy. Yep. No, absolutely. Oh, BA split, banana split, says McCallum. Think about McCallum. Yeah, well, McCallum, really McCallum is famous for the wrong reason, and that was well, a dump truck of manure on his front. dump truck of horseman year. Front yard. But uh, uh, we digress. I, I want to talk about receiver a little bit more, Chris, before sure. we switch to the defense. And thanks for everybody for joining us live here, whether you're watching on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, obviously, uh, if you're not able to stay for the whole show, you can watch it later on our YouTube channel, on Facebook, and, and uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, it'll be up on all major podcast platforms, so wherever you listen to your podcasts, it's going to be available there uh, as well. Be sure to join us for uh, game day after dark, a little bit after the game. Uh -oh. like Not immediately. We're going to have a post-game show here live and in person um, on Bonfire Sports. Uh, before we get to the defense, Chris, you mentioned... Well, I want to jump in, right? First off, I got to do this. It's, it's it, This is my appropriate time to jump in. First off, I think the viewers who are watching us have to really understand the work that you put into putting this together. Uh, we did Bonfire Sports last year. Yep. And uh, you've just upgraded immensely. This is a very, very nice platform. <laughs> uh, I just love it. I mean, it, I, it's it's very you've, – you've put a lot of good work in here, and I know you put a lot of time into it. So I think you should be congratulated on it uh, oh, for no. what you've like, done look, here, man. Look, I, truly – it is my pleasure, like to be able to talk football and uh, you know express my passion for this game uh, as much as fans express it 
uh, back to us, Chris, to, to have somebody like you, to have somebody like Zach Schnitzer on Bonfire Midweek to work name. with. Um, you know, it, it's it's a heck of a lot of fun to to, to cover this team. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, I, I've got big plans for Bonfire Sports and hoping to continue to expand. But uh, appreciate the compliment, Chris. Like, look, technology today allows us to do these things. Um, you know, if you're interested in sponsoring Bonfire Sports or sponsoring uh, yep. Game Day Winnipeg, reach out. Give me a shout. Uh, you know, you, you can hit us up uh, anytime. Uh, hit up the hotline right there. 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477. Drop a text, leave a voicemail, questions, comments, uh, whatever you got. We're going to even play some of them uh, on the show. So It's very yeah, interactive. Just, That's what I love. I love the yeah. interactive part. Okay, so you mentioned Drew Wolitarski doesn't get a lot of ink. I think he's going to be getting a little bit of ink this year, Chris, but maybe not for the same reasons uh, he got the ink in the Grey Cup. Like, he was really good in the Grey Cup, very close to winning top Canadian. It was really a toss-up between him and Nick Dembski. Dembski just had that nice cut and scored the yeah. touchdown that uh, helped force overtime. I think Drew Wolitarski is going to get seriously pushed this year by Brendan O'Leary yes. Orange. Yes. Now, his dad played in the CFL, four years for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, we you know, had uh, Gregory, our good friend Gregory Liverpool, uh, spew the Wikipedia on Doyle Orange, Brendan O'Leary Orange's dad, but he was awesome as a tailback for the Toronto Argonauts back in the day. O'Leary Orange was kind of like maybe he fell a little bit in the 2021 draft, Started to make some impression in training camp last year. He has been good in limited time in training camp this year. He has been nicked up. And Chris, what do you say about guys that can't be healthy during training camp? Well, you know the old saying, don't make the club in a tub, baby. And, I, and that's that's the thing that really kills a lot of careers. It's a career killer. Yep. If you're not on the field and you're trying to earn a spot, it's very difficult for you to showcase your talent. Yeah. And if so you're Brent a guy that's getting nicked on a regular basis... Yeah. That's an asterisk by your name. And the coaches, when they're looking at keeping somebody, go, you know what? We want to keep this guy, but, you know, second year in a row, he's hurt. Man, uh, do we put him on the practice roster? I mean, the one thing that people have to understand, when you're, you, when you're bringing this many guys into training camp, you got 80 guys or whatever it is now, and then you get as many rookies playing what you have to do, you're not only showcasing your talent to the coaches here, you're showcasing your talent to every coach in the CFL. Yes. Because some teams may lack depth at that receiver or the Canadian receiver. Maybe Brendan O'Leary Orange decides, you know, he plays, and they decide to put him on a practice roster. Other teams can scoop this guy up. And that's right. the nice thing about allowing these guys to develop. But as I say, you know, if you're going to get nicked, it really does hurt your opportunities. You try. I know they try. It's all about staying healthy. Um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of wet weather right now. I mean, uh, Winnipeg is being a lot, you know, with the snow and the rain and everything, but still, uh, stay healthy and, uh, you got a great opportunity to crack the lineup, at least stay with the team in some aspect. Yep. That's right. Uh, you know, I, I think the Winnipeg blue bombers would be foolhardy to leave Brendan O'Leary orange floating no, on won't. the practice roster. Yeah. He is dripping with talent and ability, uh, you know, played at Nevada in the NCAA. And like, these are good problems. They're problems, but they're good problems, Chris. Drew Olatarski, Nick Dembski, uh, and Brendan O'Leary Orange. Like, that's a really talented trio. Uh, this is no knock on Drew Olatarski. He's an excellent player, and he showed it. Time and time and time again. Clutch, yeah. Remember that like layout catch yep, he yep. made? Uh, I think clutch. that was in 
Yeah, like uh, at home last season. These he's, are he's good getting problems. a lot of recognition for strumming the old guitar. Well, there's that too. His you know, personality, he's, uh, he's yeah, a glue yeah. guy in the room, right? Oh, yeah. Um, he's, uh, I watched his offseason. He was all over camping and climbing mountains and, you know, doing a lot of different things and, you know, getting to know the earth. Uh, I just, yeah, you got to like the guy. You got to like the atmosphere and, you know, what he's bringing to this team. And like I said, you're right. When you got an Ellingson, you got a Wallatarski, you got an O'Leary Orange, you got a Dembski, four potential starters on any other team um and it, you know it's, it's just so much talent and then you got like you say you could put uh brady Oliveira outside he could be a slot back you know what i mean he could johnny Dembski. that's one thing that o'shea loves about buck pierce's offense mm -hmm. everything is interchangeable yes i can put guys here i can put guys there you don't have to worry about i heard somebody was talking about what about guys that don't know how to waggle well they learn how to waggle when they play slot yeah, it's more stand-up when you're playing outside, but still, everybody gets an opportunity because the way Buck Pierce likes to run it is have you guessing what they're going to do. And uh, when you got an offensive line like this and a quarterback like Zach, um, I mean, really, when you look at this team, buddy, I know we haven't talked about DBs and stuff like that and, and Mercy Maston, the guy, you know, bad injury again, but yeah, so much depth on this on this club. And again, we have to give credit to Kyle Walters who just did an outstanding job once again of bringing back these veterans. I mean, they want to play here. This is a beautiful thing. There's no question about that. Guys want to play in Winnipeg. They'll take the pay cut. They want another ring. Um, you and I were talking about a little bit uh, before the show, Chris, that uh, all the season ticket holders <laughs> are getting a replica ring this year, uh, which is pretty cool. But th oh. there's a... What? Oh man! What? I I, I know it's all, all the merchandise. I, how much is it costing the club? We're talking about money when the well, club can't. You know, I mean, they're, but is they're it a replica ring? Is it is it is it is it just like a uh, bubblegum thing or you you know it's I don't know. It, I mean, obviously it's not the same as it's it's not a cheap version of what the players get. It, it's a replica ring, right? It's made yeah, out I of. I saw a guy when we were doing but... autographs at Alumni Alley last year. I had so many fans coming with the last ring. Showing me the rings. <laughs> I'm like, my God, it drives me nuts. I'm sorry. I'm one of these guys that say it's an honor to get a ring. I like, I'd say if you could give them a pennant or I don't know, something different. I just, the well, ring, the kinda, fans, you know, I mean, you buy, they buy your jerseys, you get your jersey. When they play for the Bombers, they're going to have rings everywhere. <laughs> Mind you, I am waiting because I'm a season ticket holder. I want to see if I get my ring now. Hey, yeah. number four, replica, three real and a one replica. Yeah. Shout out to James in the chat. Uh, look, a lot of people reaching out about merchandise and, and the like apparel, the bonfire shirt. hats, the, the shirts, everything. I'm uh, going to do my best. Uh, we got to get the programming uh, straightened away here. I, you know, yeah. Chris, you join me. Zach joins me uh, as well. But it is, you know, a bit of a one-man show over here, a bit of a lone wolf. So doing the best I can to get the content out to you guys first and foremost. That's the most important thing. But hopefully we can get some apparel going uh, in the future. Uh, there's some I'm other... Look, look at Andre Harms. We could put Walby as a slot back. Let me tell you. Yeah, I put that up there. I played fullback for Willard Reeves. Short what? yardage. Fullback. Like the fridge. I, that was the era of the fridge from Chicago Bears. First, well, hey, so it's a copycat. In there. Yeah. Copycat yeah, football, it was, right? It was an interesting concept that didn't last more than a game, but it was interesting at the time. Uh, just great to block for a guy like Willard Reeves, who was one of the best that ever played. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Slot back, nah. You know, I used to think I could play tight end because I, I got to tell you, for an old lineman, I had some pretty sticky fingers, man. I could catch. 
Now, you you played D-line in college and your first year in the CFL with the Montreal Alouettes. I know that. That's right, That's but right yeah. Did, did you play tight end like when you were with the Winnipeg Rods? No, I was just, uh, I think I, no, no. I think I just played, I was guard, just played off. No, I was defensive tackle. Thanks for remembering what I'm doing there, everybody. Too many hits in the head. Uh, yeah, I was defensive tackle. Yeah, I remember that. What a good-looking guy. Long hair, no teeth. Oh, I was a magnet on the women's cycle there, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Uh, so um, having having you know some interesting uh, join in the chat there, but uh, anyway, uh, doing the best I can to block some of this. But um, Chris, there, the there's a there? oh, I don't I don't know I don't know what the, we're, we'll we'll get it straightened out. But uh, listen, um, there's other receivers in Blue Bombers training camp that are hoping to make an impression. We know Rashid Bailey will be in the starting lineup. We know Greg yeah. Ellingson, Nick Dembski, Drew Olatarski. Those Canadians will be pushed pushed by uh, uh, Brendan O'Leary-Orange. Uh, but there is another spot up for grabs. You know, is it Blake Jackson, the guy who was the darling of 2021 training camp but suffered a season-ending uh, injury? Is it the darling of the 2022 training camp, Dalton Schoen, out of K-State, Kansas State? Is it B.J. Muckleveen? who has not been healthy the last few days, hasn't been able to practice, but he made some things happen uh, in camp. Is it the six foot eight pass catcher and deep threat Carlton Agadosi, who saw some limited action last year and was on the practice roster? Kelvin McKnight, as well as Janarian Grant, two absolute burner speedsters yeah. uh, that will probably factor into the return game uh, this season. Um, you know, is it is it one of those guys that's going to be fighting for a job? I think that's why Winnipeg was comfortable moving on from the veteran Jalen Saunders. Yeah, that was interesting. I thought it was a great signing when they picked up Jalen Saunders because when he played for the Ticats before he got hurt, uh, he was having a breakout year. He was really, uh, I think he was a CFL All-Star. He made things happen out there. Uh, and now all of a sudden uh, we signed him at Winnipeg. I thought, well, there's another great competition. That's the other thing about it, you know, DB, is that players talk. Everybody talks. So guys will say, hey, uh, you know, uh, Rashid, uh, Bailey, uh, how's Winnipeg? How do you like it? And, you know, all the players are going to tell you first, it's first class. The meals, the way they take care of you, the training staff, the practice schedules, the coach. And by that, I mean the coach, the loyalty of them. Protect the umbrella. Keep everything in-house. They don't. Right. You'll never hear them. You'll never hear O'Shea or any of those coaches, as a matter of fact, you know, go to town on a player. You know, they're basically, no, we'll handle it in-house if we have to say anything to me. You know, they're just, uh, uh, they're very diplomatic. I think they create that atmosphere, that culture. We, we used that word a lot last year, but mm -hmm. they did. And uh, I think players want to play here. And I think yeah. there's some other players that say, hey, you know what? We actually see the Bombers as a, an opportunity to be three-peat. This is an opportunity for maybe to get on a roster that could win a great cup ring. Yes. So forget about what they did in twenty, uh, you know, two thousand nineteen and twenty one. It's just a fresh start. But they've got so many players back. I mean, you're talking about your Willie Jeffersons. You're talking about you know, uh, Adam Big Hill, uh, Kyrie Wilson. Uh, they just got talent, and of course you got Winston Rose and you know Nichols, Dietrich Nichols. I mean, they got some players in here. Um, yeah. And anytime well, you can bring this many a nucleus of your players back, you're starting off at a better spot because they also know the system. It's the Richie Hall system again. It's the Buck Pierce system again. So you're coming back old hat. Yeah. You know, and that a helps. Of, a lot of these vets I don't think will play in the first game uh, to, uh, against Edmonton because of the fact they know the offense already. Let's see if the other guys have had their 
you know, had the notebook or the playbook. Big big shout out to everybody joining us uh, here on Game Day Winnipeg and in the live chat, uh, watching on Twitter, Facebook Live, and and YouTube as well. Um, everything will be available via podcast. Uh, you yeah. know, in the coming, uh, well, frankly, in just about an hour or two. Um, but Chris, you mentioned the defensive back, so let's shift to that side of the football sure. and you know what we're seeing in camp. There's two things we know about the Blue Bombers' defensive secondary. Okay, we know Winston Rose and Dietrich Nichols as well as Tyquan Glass, a veteran from Edmonton last season, and Nick Taylor. Those are the corners and the halfbacks. That's the one thing we know. The other thing we know is Brandon Alexander will not start the season healthy enough to play. Injured in the Grey Cup uh, and had off-season surgery. Stayed in Winnipeg through our worst winter in my lifetime, probably yours as well, Chris. I know there was 1986. Boy, I was alive yeah. for that. There were some bad ones, but... I don't know. You weren't around for 56. I don't think don't answer. <laughs> don't answer that. But no, uh, uh, anyway, you, so with no Brandon Alexander, it looks like Canadian Nick Hallett will start at safety to begin the season. And then there's been an individual watching with Brandon Alexander, with Noah Hallett, Nick's brother. He's been nicked up uh, as well. And, and we'll miss probably the start of the season. And that is a Canadian rookie named Donald Rutledge jr. He wears number 38 he is scheduled, uh, he's not scheduled to play actually um, uh, on Friday, which is interesting. Oh, I, I forgive me, forgive me, Chris. They have him with yeah. the linebackers. So Donald Rutledge Jr. will be playing and he's yeah, been watching at, he's been watching at safety all throughout camp with Brandon Alexander, with Noah Hallett, yeah. shadow repping, watching everything from the back of the defense, learning this complicated Richie Hall system and working with, Defensive backs coach Jordan Younger. Mercy Maston went down. Canadian Retta Cramdy filled in immediately. Uh, but the next day, when they had a chance to kind of settle in and, and take their breath, it was Donald Rutledge Jr. working with the first team defense at the dime, the strong side linebacker spot, that hybrid DB linebacker spot. Uh, if they got to start a rookie in the defensive secondary, that's a tough place for game number one. Yeah, it is, but I think the fact that you talked about Rutledge Jr. and the fact that it obviously shadowing, learning the safety position, number one, now coming down to the dime or the strong side linebacker position, there's, again, another example of versatility in the defense. The more you can do, the more opportunity you have. Yeah. No, no question about that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I think that uh, – you know, I think the the Mercy Maston thing, and we can only hope that that I I still don't have a any feedback on it. I know they took him off. Well, this is what my gut tells me. Mike O'Shea you has talked about Achilles it again? a couple times. It it could be, it could be. I didn't see the injury. I I saw it. I saw his Achilles injury in in 2021 training yeah. camp, but I didn't see it this year. I just just missed it at, at camp with 100 guys on the field. But um, you know, they they carted him off, and then no update for the next couple of days. And then Michael Shea put it pretty simply. He goes, I'm not going to provide an update on Mercy Maston for several days. That tells me it's serious. You know, yep. uh, Winston Rose was wearing Mercy Maston's number seven at practice the next day as kind of a, you know, a tip of the cap or an homage to uh, his downed teammate. Um, but it sounds like if you read between the lines, it is a serious injury for Mercy Maston, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, he is a all-star caliber player. I mentioned this on uh, Bonfire Midweek uh, last night, Chris. 
Um, I had a CFL GM tell me after the 2019 Blue Bombers Great Cup run that not Adam Big Hill, not Willie Jefferson. It was Mercy Maston who might have been the most impactful player on that Blue Bombers defense. Remember how they were kind of meddling through the end of the regular season and then a switch flipped and they were suddenly lights out and rolling through the playoffs to, uh, you know, a dominant Grey Cup win uh, in Calgary over the Ticats. Um, I believe he, Mercy, had a, he had an interception in that game as well, in that Grey Cup game. Mercy was a monster uh, in that game. And, um, yeah, so we got uh, James, who was probably at training camp, saying he was backpedaling and dropped when he shifted sideways. So if it was a non-contact injury, uh, you hate to see uh, it being uh, long-term. Mercy Maston is a huge loss. Like he's on the caliber of a Brandon Alexander, of a Winston Rose, of a Dietrich Nichols, of, of, of that all-star caliber. A huge, huge hit. Uh, but we'll see how Winnipeg, uh, you know, can uh, buoy themselves uh, through the loss of, of Mercy Maston. And we'll keep people updated as well uh, if anything arises out of that. But hey, look, you, you talk about the linebackers, Chris, Kyrie Wilson, Adam Big Hill, reigning CFL most outstanding defensive player. I don't know how old he is. 31, whatever. He's playing like a 25-year-old, absolutely full of energy. Uh, the emotional leader of this team, the character leader of this team, and probably the on-field leader as kind of the quarterback of the defense calling things right in the middle. And a Kyrie Wilson coming back with, with a lot of experience in this system yeah. and in the CFL, they are stout at linebacker. I don't know if there's a better duo in the league right now than Big Hill and Wilson. Yeah, they play extremely well off each other. They do a lot of blitzing packages. You have to know what one guy's doing. Uh, a lot of gap control. To answer your question, Adam Big Hill will be 34. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He plays like a youngster. He's always in fantastic shape. Not a big guy with the heavy weights. A lot of plyometrics. A lot of stretching exercises. He feels that you know keeps his body more pliable and able to you know get through these uh, 18 game schedules. Uh, you know, and then you look at a guy. I wanted to bring this up because I was just looking at my old roster from the Grey Cup. And a guy that I know is still back in Germany that, you know, we're talking about Theodric Hansen, who really played well. Yeah. Again, remember the remember the hits on, on, on special teams and uh, obviously oh. filled in extremely well at defensive end. And wasn't going to come back because he felt like the way the league was set up, the global players were not going to get the same minimum as the Canadian or, or Nationals. Or whatever Americans, whatever the uh, you know the salary cap was or the minimum. Now they've changed that, so I'm wondering if he's going to think about coming back. I actually would think that a guy like that, the way he's played, probably the best global player that's been in the CFL for a number of years, even though he's only no. that a couple of years. No, hands down, and by a lot of teams, somebody's going to pay him money to come back. That's if he wants to play, right? And he's been doing awesome work, like you know, oh, helping yeah. refugees from Ukraine come back. Uh, to Poland, Poland and, and uh, you know, relocate to obviously being in a war-torn country. I can't imagine, um, you know, how difficult that must be for uh, those people. But good on uh, somebody who I was always impressed with on and yes. off the field yeah. uh, in Teadric Hansen. Of course, Jonathan Kongbo left as well this uh, this year. He signed uh, in the National Football League. Not a lot of people talk about Jonathan Kongbo. They talk about, uh, you know, DeAndre Alford signing with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. They talk yes. about Chris Streveler and if he's going to ever come back. Uh, no. Winston Rose. No. Back with Winnipeg now and, and, and signing on for another year uh, is good. But Jonathan Kongbo, as a Canadian, was a really nice, versatile piece to rotate in on that defensive line. Played a little inside, played a lot of outside. 
Uh, it, it made things easier for Jake Thomas. You take away Tiadric Hansen, you take away Jonathan Kongbo. What are you left with? You're left with Jake Thomas as a Canadian. Casey Sales back, Ricky Walker back. That's good. Cedric Wilcox cut in training camp last year. He's shown some good things yep. on the edge. But when it when it comes to the the middle of the field, like what do you have at Canadian next to Jake Thomas? You got a well, you got, second. You got you got a couple Canadians, but unproven commodities for the most part. Yeah, the guy from Montreal they traded for a uh, Cam Cameron Lawson, I think his name is. Uh, That's right. You know, youngster. He's had played a couple years in Montreal. But you're right. I think that you know the fact that they had. Jonathan Kongbo gave, and I and I'm saying this because I'm throwing in theatric as a global. They had a lot of opportunity to, to juggle that line and give guys a lot of you know yeah. keep them fresh. Uh, they would do sets. So I mean, for me, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm looking at what they have. Like you got Jake Thomas, and you got Cam Lawson. Uh, you got a ton of Americans. Um, you know, Adamson is a Canadian. Uh, yeah, Winnipegger. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Was he? Was yeah. is he one of the? Uh, He's a Manitoba Bison, and okay, uh, yeah, and and came out of uh, came out of the Winnipeg high school football uh, as well. Uh, great family, good friends of mine. Actually, we dog sit for uh, uh, Cole's parents, but uh, uh, I digress on that. Th this is my favorite thing. Like Ed Tate, Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, .com, uh, or BlueBombers.com. He he mentioned that you know his kids grew up with Cole and the Adamson brothers, and Cole's nickname in high school was Mr. Adamson because he was an absolute huge man as a teenager. So that was his nickname was, hello, Mr. Adamson. How are you? How's the wife and kids? Uh, that's a pretty great nickname for a guy that uh, is, uh, you know, got the stature uh, of a professional football player, but likely he'll go back to school and, and not be on the roster this year. That's likely, but not for sure. Um, Cam Lawson and Jake Thomas, like those guys need to stay healthy. They, they need... Uh, to to play at a good level in order for yeah. Winnipeg to kind of keep the ratio where they have it right now. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the nice things. But again, when you have the linebackers that this team has, uh, you get away with a lot of stuff. Uh, the fact that you can bring guys from a safety position and play, you know, uh, on the outside or inside, weak side right. linebacker. Again, I'm talking about the fact that the, that the hash marks got moved in, I believe, seven yards each side. Yeah, they're uh, now nine yards apart instead of nine yards apart. Six, so, yeah. yeah, so look at the yeah. field you have to work with now, right? I mean, yeah, uh, I think it'll really help the kickers for sure, right? If you kick it from a hash mark. Everybody's uh, been talking about crazy. the kickers. I, I don't think you're wrong, but I think it's going to change the offense dramatically. Like, I really, really do. You're going to yeah. see a lot more options to both sides of the field because even if the ball is on one hash, not like right in the middle of the field, yeah. if, if, if it's on the hash, and, and you yeah. usually is because that's where most of the field is. It's definitely going to be more on the hash this year than ever because it's there's more field to the, each side of it. But when almost, you got yeah, go you ahead. got 60, 63 and a half yard wide football field and the ball more likely to the middle now yeah. on the snap. You don't have to work to just one side of the field if you need a guy to gain the edge. A lot more is going to change behind the line of scrimmage. A lot is going to change uh, deeper downfield. I think it's going to be a huge adjustment for defenses, um, oh, yes. you know, to, to plan for, you know, Buck Pierce is going to get creative. He's going to get really creative with guys like Dembski and, and with, uh, with Janarian Grant and the jet sweep and, and all those things they like to do and checking it out of the backfield and guards pulling and lots of things happening. Misdirection. Uh, it, a lot of misdirection. I, yeah. I, it, it's like it's going to be interesting. I know you're talking about a lot of the passing game and it used to be short side field. And that was like, Drew was always a short side receiver. You know, they'd go uh, every once in a while to him. But now that you got a wide side on both sides, the run game will be extremely different too. You can pull guards one way, run the other side. 
you can play a lot more games. Uh, I think the counter plays are going to come back. The Bombers don't really run a lot of counters, uh, and I think they're going to run a lot more this year. The fact that they've got this opening thing, I think they've got a guy. Uh, when you got when you had Andrew uh, Harris, they just pounded it. They just pounded it, and nobody. I mean, this offense line was just basically they were getting five six yards of crack. Very they're rarely did they get stuffed. Um, and now you got a guy, I think, in Brady, who's a lot quicker, mm-hmm. and I think younger and healthier than actually, obviously, Andrew Harris. I knew that came into play. And then you mm-hmm. got a guy that I think he can just turn around and play bulldozer. In, and actually, he's got great speed, too. I think he averaged like 7.1 yards a carry last year. Yep. Uh, very effective he when he gets the ball. I want to see this Borsa kid. I want to see Borsa play. I'm curious because I, I read his resume, uh, quite impressive at the university level. Getting an opportunity, I thought. I think they thought that he might go to Saskatchewan. I believe he's out of Saskatchewan, and I think they thought he might go back to Saskatchewan. So once yeah, again, un- we, steal a, we steal a Prairie boy here. Yeah, University of Regina. So his teammate, linebacker Robbie Lowe's, injured in training camp, and and they've since released him. That was probably a serious injury as well. But Kyle Borsa, uh, tailback for the Regina Rams. I was able to call a couple of his games, sideline reporting on the TV broadcasts in Canada West. Uh, he's a player like he has speed. He has athleticism and a little bit of shiftiness uh, to his run and his body makeup is like Johnny Augustine. Have you seen those pictures of Johnny Augustine and like what his upper body looks like? Kyle Borsa is built as a pro today, straight out of university. So um, how tall is Borsa? I, I believe Borsa is a smaller running back, right? Five eleven. Yeah. Okay, like he, so he might be, he might be the tallest out of all three of those Canadians. I was going to say, you know, just they're basically all out of the same mold as far as height, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm I'm curious because I don't want to go in other teams yet, but I was there hasn't been a lot of pump about Andrew Harris in Toronto. I've been reading all well, the Toronto. Articles. Who's who's covering know, him? You, you think that they got a guy that you know MVP of the Great Cup, Canadian, you know, whatever, blah you know, and they yep. think they'd pump him up a little bit, but right now, and I know Toronto's got a loaded team. Listen, they're loaded. Uh, they're really liking that uh, Chad Kelly kid. You got McLeod, Bethel Thompson. They yep. got great receivers. They're going to really be – pinball's really building that team up. But yep. I wanted to see more from Andrew just because of curiosity to see how the kid plays and how he's doing because I wish him nothing but nothing but success because, to me, he's been a, a great ambassador for not only Winnipeg but for the CFL. So, See, uh, I was I, surprised that Toronto signed Andrew Harris at first. Because yeah. I saw what DJ Foster did against the Blue Bombers last year. He's yes. a really good running back and, and particularly talented in the pass game. He's since been released. So then suddenly it's like, okay, now I understand why Andrew Harris went and got, you know, the same paycheck essentially he's been getting for the last number of years in the CFL and rightfully yeah. so, uh, you know, uh, just south of, of $200,000 a year um, because how impactful he can be in games the the gas left in the tank the the, the you know the energy left in the legs all yeah. of that uh, you know injury ability and and to to play through all of that uh, you wonder what 33 will have in double blue compared to what he showed in blue and gold we do know this chris when healthy in winnipeg or in bc there was nobody better really you could even almost say ever than Andrew Harris. So he will be missed here in Winnipeg. I'm curious to see what he has with Toronto. Yeah, I, I just like the uh, the uh, the uh, fire and the enthusiasm he brought. Yeah. You know, after he does a big run, he gets everybody excited. You know, he, he poses a little bit, which I like. I like a running back to be uh, slightly above confident. I don't want to say cocky, but to know they can really be a dominant figure in the football game. 
I think Brady and uh, Johnny and even Borsa, if he, when he gets his opportunity, uh, can be the same type of running back. Uh, it, it, you know, it's going to be, uh, as you say, a Canadian position. Um, but they have so many opportunities with, like you say, the Canadian receivers now, Canadian running backs. You're allowed. That gives them a luxury of playing an import and loading the imports up at that defensive back position or something where they want to play or linebackers. Uh, right. They get away with that because of the fact that they have such talent, that they, uh, national talent. And, you know, that's why good teams in the CFL come to be. It's because of their national talent, because of the talent uh, they have amongst Canadians. Like Brandon Alexander can't start the season because of his health. What do they do? They put in a Canadian in Nick Hallett. Um, you know, yeah. they lose Andrew Harris in free agency or decide to move on from him, maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, no worries. We got we're gonna we're gonna bring Kyle Borsa because we drafted him in 2021. Johnny Augustine and then Brady Oliveira, they're gonna be okay. Mike Miller has not practiced pretty much throughout training camp. Uh, I like to call him the killer. Uh, of course, future. Canadian Football Hall of Famer and uh, record holder, the most special teams tackles ever in this game. Uh, somebody I think more people need to talk about more often uh, is number 24 in blue and gold. I think Mike Miller is is just, I know he's a favorite of Mike O'Shea because he's just like, if there was a textbook or a dictionary definition of a football player, it would have a picture of the East Coaster, Mike Miller, uh, right there, hard as nails, leader, lead by example, uh, speaks quietly but carries a big stick. Uh, he he's the you know type of guy you wish you had twenty of uh, on a football team, and, and I'm oh. hoping he's going to be ready to go for the beginning of the season. You couldn't have twenty because you'd never get any practice. <laughs> well, okay. Practice. I mean, I've, I this is another one of those things, and I love. I mean, when you got a guy that comes in at fullback, and listen, he led the league in CFL. Uh, in in uh, special teams tackles with 25 last year. He's the GOAT. He's considered the greatest of all time a special team tackler. No question. Number one, as you say, he will be a future Hall of Famer. They know what they get. They just keep him healthy. They just keep Mike Miller there and say, okay, we just want you to play, uh, show up for games, and he does. Uh, you know, that's the thing they have. When you can get away with that kind of stuff, and he's like I said, he still comes in every once in a while at the fullback position, but you don't really need him there. Because, I mean, you got so much other talent everywhere else. You could just leave him on special teams. Loves his role. You talked yeah. about Callett, number two. I think he had 16 special team tackles last year. I mean, this guy played a lot at safety. Uh, he has opportunities again, as you say, to start now. Uh, I think is his third year in the league, a third year with the Bombers. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, second, I think so. Sure. Mm -hmm. I know his brother might be second. He might be third. He got the Nick and Noah boys. So, yeah, uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see. I'm just pulling up a, a tweet here by uh, our good friend Dan Barnes of the Canadian Press, and I'll see if I can uh, share the screen and and uh, and find him. But um, th this is this is what's interesting, Chris. Is we're live, so we can bring in uh, live uh, update right now. There's Dan Barnes. Maybe maybe it's not big enough, but um, he is reporting that. Uh, the CFL uh, PA membership vote on the tentative CBA with the CFL should be known by 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, so, so that's good news. Um, so eight o'clock here. Eight o'clock Central. Right, and well within the CFL imposed deadline uh, of midnight. So, um, give Dan a follow on Twitter. Sports Dan Barnes, uh, great guy, great reporter, and he's really been all over things for Post Media uh, through all this as well. Um, but look, Chris, this is what I'm, I think 
I'll maybe echo what I feel the sentiments of, of fans and yeah. probably a lot of people involved in the CFL as well from coast to coast. Thank goodness a deal is done. Thank goodness we're going to see games tomorrow. There's two on the schedule, including here in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, well, remember, uh, it would be bad uh, if they didn't play. Broken fingers crossed. But yes, um, I have to say, uh, you know what? It still has to be voted on, bud. And, uh, you know, the big sticking point, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, was the fact that there was going to be this, you know, 49% rule. I know it's not coming to fruition this year, but it'll be here uh, next year. Will that be accepted? It's a seven-year term. Is it going to be a six-year term? Is a seven Canadian starting and a nationalized American? Is a six? Are we going to lose a couple? These are all things that are not really known to us yet. But having said that, these are the things that the members are going to see. And we'll probably hear because I know that we get updates all the time. And by 8 o'clock Winnipeg time, we'll know what the vote is. And we'll know if we have a game tomorrow. I, I think we will. But it just, you have to get something done because every time you go through this kind of thing where it takes away from the game, you lose fans. People get disinterested about it. They don't have to say, screw this. I don't want to watch this no more. I'm done. Well, with it, it, right? it's, it's bad for the CFL, like not as the Terrible. league or the, it's just bad for the brand. Should have right? been done right after Grey Cup. Yeah. Why do you wait? Because they play that deadline game. That's the game we're playing right now. You know, well, we're pushing the time frame. No, 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 and no. Think, and no. think of the Blue Bombers organization, right? Like, they win the 2019 Grey Cup. They they shatter a 29-year drought in a football-mad market. And then a pandemic hits. And they don't get to celebrate it. And they don't get to raise a flag. And they don't get to, you know, do a lot of those things that, um, you know, fans were, were hoping to do to celebrate uh, when they were back on the field. Yeah, they got to do it a year later after the pandemic, but it was a little bit different. And then what happens now? It's like they win it again, and well, are we going to be playing a preseason game on Friday? Uh, I sure hope this vote goes through. Uh, you know, indications are positive, Chris, that uh, yeah. you know it, it will indeed go through. But uh, well, you know, I, I just read a see. tweet now from John Hodge saying that, if according to his reports, the ratio will remain unchanged in 2022. Right. So. That was that, always the plan before, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, that's a big thing. And that was the thing I thought was going to break it or make it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to pull up that uh, that tweet right now um, from John Hodge. But <laughs> well, we, we can leave it. We can leave it. But Chris, anything James, else? James is sending a tweet here. He goes, hey, do you still do practice? Yes. Like you put the, a frog in the water cooler. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, I, and the jock in the old uh, chicken soup. That was a what? Bad, oh yeah, these are other stories. I don't know if I can. I guess I can talk about those. But yeah, we always oh had practical jokes. You know, guys would staple guys' shoes to the floor. Oh yeah, you know, freeze the freezer clothes. Uh, you know, a, a lot of stuff that I can't talk about on the show. <laughs> but uh, majority was all done in really good, uh, good humor, and most people took it well. A lot of times they'd call uh, tow trucks and tow your car somewhere. So guys would really? come out, especially the Americans, and they'd say, "Where's my car?" Wherever you go, we don't know. Meanwhile, it's around the block oh. somewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. At least if it's around the block. If you, like, made them take a cab down to the, the impound lot and made them pay 150 bucks or whatever, oh, that would then, be, Yeah, well, that's that our would be Back different. when I played, that was our whole week for training camp, 150. So let's not get carried away. Chris, I know this. Like, uh, like uh, a, a, a Winnipegger uh, on the Blue Bombers took out a bunch of Americans and, like, showed them around, right? It's like, okay, here's your local Walmart. Here's, you know, uh, where, where, you know, good takeout is or whatever. 
And the Americans were blown away by like some of the, the snack food available in Canada that they'd never had before. Reese peanut butter cups were a huge hit. Hickory sticks. But this was the biggest hit, Chris. All dressed chips. These guys from the East Coast in the U.S. have never had all dressed chips before and they love them. Do you ever have experiences with that? Like, like showing uh, guys around or things that were new or like, you know, oh, Labatt Blue, what's this? Well, that we did. That we did, my friend. We we uh, we always exposed the, our friendly uh, neighbors to the south or north, whatever you want to call it, to the variety of very good tasting beverages, yeah, uh, with different types of barley and oats, and uh, that was one thing back then. It was a lot of fun. Guys would get together. It was nothing like breaking bread with somebody you don't know by just having a couple of cold ones, and it's yeah. amazing. Any kind of uh, you know barriers you have are, are broken down. Guys start laughing. You get to know guys. That's how you bond. And and I know that O'Shea still believes in that, even though the league has, you know, taken a different turn on that, uh, where you know there's no more uh, uh, any kind of alcohol in the locker room anymore. I do want to give a, a shout out, Chris, to uh, our contest winner from last night. I said I would announce the winner on game day, Winnipeg today. Uh, so congratulations to Kevin Spruel, who won uh, our golf package from our friends. Um, at uh, Scottswood Links in Elm Creek, Manitoba. Just uh, a quick right. drive, uh, a quick drive uh, down Highway Two, and it's one of my favorite courses. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, on your to-do list, everybody out there. Uh, if if you haven't played Scottswood Links yet, uh, but he won a foursome package. You can either go two and two, or bring three friends and do a foursome with carts, green fees, everything. They've got That's a beautiful great. clubhouse up there. Uh, Greens are in good shape. All 18 holes are in play. Uh, go check them out. Uh, you still golf, Chris? Yes, I do. Yep. I start off with my driver and up in the woods. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm, I'm actually supposed to be golfing in a tournament on Saturday in Petersfield in Netley, uh, Netley Golf. But we've taken such a beating with the rain and the waters are so high. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if this is uh, going to be allowed because obviously you can't be driving carts on the grass. You're trying to keep your uh, your grounds in, in pristine shape. So right. that'll be an interesting thing and a game time decision on Saturday. But uh, yeah, I like <laughs> golf. I really like golf. It's uh, it's a game where you can't blame anybody but yourself. That is true. Well, you, you never had a buddy like holler in your backswing or anything like that? Yeah, if I had a backswing. I got flexibility of a two by four. You know, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's not pretty. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because I golf with a guy, and I remember uh, I, I, this guy was so big. He was probably 5'10", 350 pounds, just square, basically the same height lying down. Okay. <laughs> he golfed in flip-flops. And he his center of gravity was amazing, and he would hit the ball 300-plus every time. And I go, how does a guy like that do that? And it wow. just teaches you, you know, it's just technique. And, uh, you know, I, I, I need to play more. That's what I, I guess I'll just say that. I like to play more. Um, again, well, we'll have to get you, I'll, I'll get you out to Scottswood links. We'll, we'll there take you a go. We'll drive. do that one time for sure. And a big we'll shout a out to them for doing that. Yeah. Big thanks to them. Also want to shout out easy EV. Uh, that's easy EV install.ca. You can find uh, their logo and a link to their site uh, on bonfiresports.ca. Uh, awesome company. Great guy. I played football with Mark. Uh, you can uh, give him a call 431-999-3279. Uh, and they're one of these companies, Chris, that, that's really changing the game a bit. They're putting in 
charging stations in homes and in local businesses oh, so wow. people with electric vehicles can charge their car a lot quicker than they would just kind of plugging it in to a regular outlet. It only takes six hours to go from zero to full, uh, you know, with, with one of their charging solutions. So check them out, easyevinstall.ca, and you can find uh, more information on them on bonfiresports.ca. But uh, thanks to, to everybody that's reached out to, to sponsor. And if you're interested in sponsoring, this program, Bonfire Midweek, Bonfire uh, or, or Game Day Winnipeg After Dark and our post-game show uh, or anything else, uh, be sure to hit the hotline right there, 816-TIPS, 816-8477, uh, as well as, um, you know, if you got questions or comments uh, for the big guy to my virtual left, Chris Walby uh, or me, uh, we're going to do some live streams during practice as well, uh, Chris. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that maybe is- we'll even have you pop in. DB, this is one of the nicest things, the fact that you got guys coming in here being interactive again. It's 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 like a personal touch. Uh, you know, rather than just us do the show and we're, you know, we're hoping you're watching it. And we've had some great uh reviews, but it's nice to see people coming over, as you say, in the comments section. Let's go, Jeff Hamilton, that's your buddy. You know, crew CBA ratio by Tyler Fabri, you know, Andrew Harms, a fan over 30 years. And I, we just mentioned that. You know, CFL, the fact that they played it, you know, to the last second, they should have negotiated this right at, you know, right after Grey Cup or a week after. So you're not pushing this scenario right now because if they get a seven-year deal, we won't have to worry about it for a while. Yeah. And long-term is better than, uh, you know, a two-year deal where you got to do it again. Uh, so this, this question popped up earlier, and I'll just say, Eric, be sure to go back in the video on YouTube or check out the podcast and all the popular uh, podcast platforms. Uh, we talked about uh, all the receivers, but yeah, Ellingson, Bailey, uh, of course, Wallatarski and Nick Dembski will be in the mix as well, but there is a spot open. Uh, we mentioned some of the names. Uh, I'm going to be watching 83 Dalton Schoen out of K-State, uh, first year CFLer. Uh, he's he's impressed uh, in training camp uh, so far this year. Chris, you got keys to the game or do we do that in the preseason? I don't know if you do keys. I, you know, I guess the only key would be stay healthy. And, uh, you know, if you're a rookie, uh, play the best game you can play lights out because you may not get another tomorrow. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Apple in a roadmap. Apple a wise roadmap, man once baby. told me <laughs> that was you, of course. Well, Chris, thanks for this. Uh, and thanks to everybody out there for watching, for commenting, Amen. uh, for, uh, well, look at this. I, I got to throw this in here last second. Sure. Is that a, comp- is that a compliment <laughs> or a question? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if that's a comment or or, or just uh, guessing. Uh, that's a very good question. <laughs> well, thanks for for listening and, and watching, Hammy, and, and everybody out there as well. Uh, well, he 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 gave us a little support here, so I'll, I'll tell everyone out there. Jeff K. Hamilton on Twitter. He's been yes. got great work on the CBA uh, negotiations and all that. You can check out his work, uh, WinnipegFreePress.com, and. Well, in the old pages as well, if, if that's still how you're inclined. But uh, thanks again to everybody out there. Thanks to you, Chris. Uh, I can't imagine doing a pregame show without you, brother. Well, you know, like I said, uh, we'll, we'll, we're around during the week. So if we have to do a midweek one time, I'll come in. And, but this is nice. basically our pregame. And uh, it'll be interesting to see the boys play. Because it's always, you know, right now we're, we're all concentrating on the same thing. And that's getting a deal done. Yeah. But, on you know, on the back burners, we want to see this. We want to see football. So now that we have this game on, you know, it looks like potentially tomorrow with Edmonton, who will fly out tomorrow, um, we get to see some live action. Yeah. And I know people will be missing it. So let's do it, baby. No, it's going to be fun uh, feeling and uh, uh, hearing the crowd at IG Field on Friday night. Uh, thanks again for joining us. If you watch Bonfire Midweek, 
last night. You saw the fancy graphics and intro and extra uh, outro videos. Uh, yeah. Don't have those for Bonfire Mid or Bonfire. <laughs> Pardon me, game day Winnipeg yet, Chris. I promise I'll get something going uh, uh, very soon. But uh, it's been a busy time. And uh, last comment goes to uh, Got Milt. Here we go, Bombers. People are ready. So enjoy the game out there. Thanks for joining us. I just us. want one thing. I want a dang shirt. We'll get you a shirt, Chris. I promise. Come on, man. Who, who, where are you <laughs> getting these from that they can only make it in that size? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, it, what's, it's what's, what's your wife wearing? <laughs> she's mad i didn't get her a hat she's legit mad i didn't get her a hat but we'll really eh? make up yeah well, yeah i didn't know they came that that size but it's good man <laughs> okay well, everybody thanks for joining though. us those shirts come in men's size yeah they come yeah they do okay, that's yep. all i want to know yep all right <laughs> okay. brother. take care everybody Pleasure, buddy